Welcome back to part two of a heart-wrenching Confessions of a Cheater on Women of Impact. Now we're talking about the silent struggles of a man who made the decision, yes it is a decision, to cheat multiple times and guys, our conversation, though painful to potentially hear, now one thing is for damn sure, if you're in a relationship right now or thinking about one in the future, communication and understanding our differences, the motivations and the breaks in our expectations will actually save broken hearts and hopefully allow us to heal. So let's just jump right into part two with Latarius Whitfield on Women of Impact. Every Sunday without fail, me and my husband now play video games. But I wouldn't have known that if he hadn't have communicated to me the thing yes. that he really wanted that was meaningful to him and then me reciprocating. But then that last thing is, if there is something that he does that I hate and I just don't want to go, like he, he does a lot of speaking gigs and it's like, yeah. I, I've got my own things to do. Yeah. I'm not, so people are always saying, oh, where's Lisa? Oh, she's not at the speaking gig. So I said to him, you have chips. When you really want me to come, there it is. place your chip down and I will be there without hesitation. I will love it. I will love seeing, seeing you speak. I'm going to be a biggest cheerleader. And I've got chips as well. And so that communication, yes. that willingness to do things for each other and then having language around it so you don't feel like you're pleading or begging or talking around the topic. Mm. That right there is, 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 getting me, is getting me emotional. It's getting me teary-eyed. Because that's what a healthy relationship looks like. Just communication. You said this. It's amazing that you can't get married without communicating. It's called vows. They said, do you take this woman to be this? If you just got silent, they'd be like, do you take <laughs> this woman? To be? Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you take mm. this? It wouldn't, it wouldn't be able to be fully executed. Mm. Matter of fact, you can't even get proposed to somebody or engaged with somebody unless it's communicated. The guy asks a question. Will you marry me? He asked that question. A woman has a decision to make, yes or no. We've seen it on social media several times where that question didn't go the way the guy thought. <laughs> and he had his face, I mean, he just got embarrassed in front of, a, uh, you know, uh, tons of people. But that same communication, the will you, yes, no, do you accept, for better, for uh, for richer, for poorer, for better, for worse, these questions that we are asked, those questions should never cease after the I do. And we should always be able to communicate that. And like you said, to be able to say, I'm not going to be doing this all the time. I got my own life, but I also want you to feel valued. Here's some chips. Play it as you wish. I want you to come here. I'll make no excuses. I'm coming there and I'm going to be there and I'm not going to be sitting there like, oh my God, there you go greeting people after. So this is what you do every time you, you speak. You got to go shake hands with everybody in the audience. You got to go, oh Lord. And he's like, God, now you a burden. Now, now you're making me feel bad about what I enjoy doing. But to be able to show up, smile and be like, I'm here for you. Then he's like, ah, I feel fulfilled. You know what I'm saying? And that's what healthy communication looks like. That's what a healthy marriage looks like. And so I get emotional when I hear what I desire um, executed properly. Mm, thank you. It's been definitely, like, I mean, you said it earlier, right? No marriage is perfect, but it's about trying to figure it out. And I think that what that technique has done for me and my husband is we have both have our needs met. Yes. And we are vocalizing those needs. And there was something you said earlier where you were saying to your ex-wife, um, you asked her how much of her she'd given over and she was like, you know, like smiling or, yeah. you know, you would making a joke 80%. Even in that dynamic, what you really mean is, I want you to tell me what you actually want. I want you to show me your vulnerability. And what she's responding to is, I don't know if I can trust you to show you my vulnerability. There it is. 
But you're not saying those words, right? You're like trying to do it almost so you protect yourself. Like, oh, you're not showing me all of you. She's worried. She doesn't want to say that. Yeah. And so because she obviously, I'm sure, has that wonder because that's been planted in her from when you guys were dating. Yeah. And that's what was going on. And that's why I said we get stuck in this conundrum. And then... I, I looked back at my marriage while I was married to her and I said, I feel like it's a story in the Bible where Jesus cursed the fig tree. And the reason why he cursed the fig tree is because it wasn't bearing fruit in season. In the season, it's supposed to have figs. And I looked at my marriage and I said, it's not producing figs. It's not producing the fruit of what marriage is. I feel miserable. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm starving. I'm feeling dehydrated. I feel like I'm not able to show up as my authentic self. Uh, I'm quite sure she felt the same way. And I just said, I have to go ahead and make the bold move to file for divorce. And so, and that's what I ended up doing. And, but one thing that I said, which is, this sounds very contradictory is I said, God, teach me how to divorce my wife with grace. I said, in this process, we got together. We said these vows. We were friends. If you are God, I want to divorce her and we are still able to preserve this friendship. Now, I ain't saying it's going to happen the, the day we got divorced or whatnot. I just want to I want to see that we still have healthy interaction. And when I tell you it has never not been healthy from the day I divorced her, because I said, because in the divorce, I just had to be honest. I was like, this is where I'm at. This is where it is. This is what I feel. These are the things I began to share stuff that that um, that I held for for years, because at this point we put it all on the table. So then I'm sharing all those things. She's uh, she's looking at me and she's like, OK. And I was like, that's when you got to the statement where you said I wanted her to fight for me is because she was just like. All right. And I looked, I said, again, rejection. So in my mind, I'm like, I share this. This is what I need because what I really wanted, I wanted for her to be vulnerable enough with me to say, I don't want to lose you. Because the whole marriage, I felt like I didn't have her anyway. So I wanted her to say, I don't want to lose you. Those words were never uttered. So it wasn't like some arrogance thing to be like, I want you to fight for me. I done did you wrong. I done cheated on you and all this. And I still want you to fight for me. It's saying that I never wanted no other woman. I only wanted you. I was literally self-medicating with these other women because they were giving me access where I wanted it with you. That's the reason why I say if men were really, really honest about why they cheat. Now, people cheat for different reasons. You have men to say, I like variety. I just can't be with the same woman for the rest of my life. Then I got to have that. commit. 100%. Don't commit. That's my point. Or commit to people who give you that access to have an right, open marriage. Right. Yeah, yeah. But let it be, yeah, yeah. be truthful from the very beginning. Whatever it is, say, listen, I can't, and I've had women come to me. I have women tell me straight up, like, listen, I heard about <laughs> women that come to me and say, I've seen your videos. You talk about being unfaithful in your marriage or whatnot. Hey, if you marry me, I don't believe that men should be faithful. I don't mean they can be faithful. If, if you choose me as your wife, you can have sex with whoever you have sex with. I understand. I don't even take it personally. Um, and you ain't got to worry about me messing with nobody else. Or you have women that have come to me and said, hey, listen, uh, I understand women are attractive. Hey, I find them attractive. We can do threesomes. We can do this. And anytime they speak to me like that, I'm like, you're speaking to my lowest vibrational. <laughs> that is not me. I want one woman. That's what I want. I want one woman that I can do all things with, that I can enjoy my wife uh, um, and we can... 
I can pour into her. She can pour into me. I want my purpose partner, you know? And so, uh, but it gets real like that. But if you are like that and you need that, just communicate it. Whatever it is, communicate. Don't believe, don't bring somebody into a monogamous relationship when you are polyamorous. <laughs> you have a polyamorous mindset, but you're making someone subscribe to a monogamous relationship. Yeah, it's, it's the betrayal thing, right? Yes. It's not the fact that you slept with other women. It's the fact that she didn't want you to right. and you betrayed her trust and that's that that's the problem and i think that that that's why i really appreciate you know having you on i really wanted to talk about it because one of the things that i think that can knock so many women's confidence is the betrayal in a relationship yes. where you've given yourself over you feel like you can trust somebody and i've said to my husband like i fully have given myself over to yeah. 110% if that's How long even did that possible take? um when we had a long distance relationship, because I was living in England, and so I think it was like, okay, well, if we're going to do this, I have to trust that you're far, you can do anything you want and I won't know, yep. know it. Yep. But the day I said I do, that was, uh, sorry, that I said yes when he proposed, it was like, okay, I'm going to give myself over. Now, I was very young, so I think that if you've had heartbreak over heartbreak, mm -hmm. you get more, which I understand because you know how that feels. Yep. And then someone betraying your trust, you start to be protective. You start to put walls up, rightly so, because you don't want that feeling to happen again. Yeah. But I've said to my husband so many times, I've given myself over to you completely. And so if you cheat on me, you will break me. Now, yeah. this isn't to make him feel guilty, but it's absolutely to let him know what the consequences are. Yes. And then the second part is I was very honest with him from day one, Latias. From day one, I said to him, other people may forgive, but if I ever found out you cheated on me, I won't give you even a second to explain. I am out that door. Like the second, 12 o'clock, I find out, 12.01, I'm packing my bags, 12.02, I'm out the door. So anything if you think you convinced me to say, and I just, I needed to say that for yeah. my own sake. And I've known people in my life who have cheated on other people and I've seen the trauma and the heartbreak that it can do. And that's why I had to be honest with him. I had to, but I also... For my the marriage I wanted, the relationship I wanted, I wanted to give myself over completely. That's what I'm talking about. But I understand why it's hard for people if you've had that heartbreak. Yeah. So if, let's say, people are listening right now and they're like, okay, what are the signs that potentially my partner is maybe going to stray? What do you think those signs were? And again, I'm not blaming your wife, uh, your ex-wife. Yeah. Jesus Christ, I'm definitely not yeah, blaming her. But what do you think that those things are that we can pick up on that potentially are signals to the relationship being, having a crack, if you will? I think when people stop asking for the very thing that they're needing from you, and that's both ways. If I, if I keep asking you something and you and that's why I always say people people don't pay attention to what the person stops saying. Um, what they stop saying is more powerful than what they say sometimes. Because if I'm saying, hey, I need you to do this, hey, I need you to do this, hey, I need you to do that, I'm saying I need, not I want, I desire, I need this from you. Did my needs change? It, it, the, the question needs to be, you don't never ask me this anymore. Why not? I feel that you don't care. What you mean you don't care? Because I've been asking you that for the last six months and you just don't seem to care. So I'm tired of sound like a broken record. Okay, now how are they processing that? They just said they feel like I don't care about them. So they stopped asking. They didn't want to feel like a broken record. How, what, what are they doing in place of that? 
And then you start having those real conversations. And so I always say the first step is that when someone is asking you certain things or whatever, and they stop asking you, you need to revisit why they stop asking. If that woman is cooking for you all the time and then she stops and you go, hey, I know she don't cook no more. <laughs> she was like, so why don't you cook? Because you didn't appreciate it. What you mean I appreciate it? You stop saying, do you really? And that's like, you know how many times I've cooked and I looked and you didn't even eat. You come home and you didn't even eat. So I stayed up and I cooked and did all this, but you don't even eat the food. That's very, it just showed me that you just was unappreciative. Well, that's because I ate, you know, before I came home, but you didn't even tell me, but I told you I was cooking. Like if you're going to go stop and eat something when I did that, you're showing me that I, I just didn't matter. The things that they stop doing will tell you a whole lot. Um, the other thing about it is when you start looking at different signs that, that begin to happen is that if you have, uh, um, um, like you're talking about openness and trust, if you ask people questions and they don't ever give you the answer for it, remember I said one of the biggest problems I had, I said, how much percentage do I have from you? <laughs> And that began to be, I still never, ever knew the percentage until it was over. And she said, I'm glad I never fully gave myself to you because she knew I'm not giving myself to you. But I didn't even call her to the carpet to be like, no, I really need to know. And then tell me, how do I get access to the other? Mm, and why? Yes. The why? We, just, we got married and we've been married for two years, ma'am. And I keep asking you, how much percentage do I have of you? And you haven't answered that. Can you please give me an answer? It's not going to hurt my feelings. It's a safe place. About 75%. Why is it 75%? You remember four years ago, you did this to me. I don't think I can fully trust that. But you said that you forgive me of that. Yeah, I've forgiven you. Still don't trust you. Okay, that's fair. So how do I re-earn that trust? Keep being consistent in what I've been seeing. All right. So I'm going to check back with you six months from now. I'm going to check back with you six, uh, six months from now to find out where I stand. It's interesting because with corporations, they do that all the time. They do year-end reviews. They, they, when they first hire you, you may be on a 60 or 90-day probationary period. They're saying, hey, we interviewed you. We felt like what you said meets what we're looking for. But now we're going to give it a little time to see if your words match up with your actions and vice versa. And so they look at you. And, if they, and during that probationary period, they find out, hey, we gave you this schedule. You don't even come to work on time. You'll do this. Hey, God bless you. We'll see you later. Or after they become employees, they look back six months later where a company do it every six months. If they do it every year annual, they sit down and go, all right, now let's look at some stuff. We talked to your boss, the boss talking to you. We've been looking at your performance. We've been doing this. These are areas of weaknesses. These are areas of uh, areas of strength. We're going to give you an X percentage of raise. You know, we do that. They do that all the time in corporations, but in relationships, we don't do those check-ins enough to where we go, are you still happy? And then you you find out when it's too late when they say we've grown apart. You grow apart from somebody. Y'all living with each other every day of the week. Y'all laying in the same bed and you don't even know what that other person is thinking, what their desires, their dreams or hopes for. You don't even know that at first when you met them, they were a school teacher, but now they're wanting to go into the path of entrepreneurship and you're seeing them Google stuff and watching Shark Tank all the time, thinking about entrepreneurship. But you didn't ask, hey, you used to watch a lot of educational stuff. Now you're watching stuff about entrepreneurship. 
Are you wanting to, you got something brewing in the back of your mind? You want to get an entree? Yes, I'm, I, I'm glad you asked, babe. I've been thinking about such and such and such. They're just doing it all the time. You don't even care to even ask if their desires have changed, ambitions have changed, goals have changed. You know what I mean? Having to set up goals as a couple to set up and say, I want our marriage to look like this. Uh, what do you think? What looks healthy for us? We get our marriage gets so out of control because we don't do check ins and we don't do year end reviews. We don't do assessments like corporations do in order to strive and become uh, a, a bigger business. But marriages, we just let it just go any kind of way. And, and the person has evolved, uh, lost a loved one, lost a parent. People have lost kids during their marriage and they didn't do check ins to say, now let's recalibrate after these losses. Let's, let's check in with your heart. Let's check in with your mind. Do you feel like a failure? because you've had a miscarriage? Do you feel like a failure because you've done this? Let me, let me, let me, let me see about your heart. You know what I'm saying? And for the man, the same thing. Let me see about you. I know you've always wanted this. Let me check in with your heart. And, and that's why I said we need to be more intentional about our, our marriages, our unions to where we do a better job in our marriages than people do in corporations. If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel, I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal, like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with highs as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. As an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges you will face is the negative voice in your head. You know who I'm talking about. That may be not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa 
all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. Oh my God, I love that idea so much. I'm so goal-oriented as well. And so what's in the way? How do you get there? And me and my husband have like a list of like 20 questions and they start easy and yeah. it's like, you know, like, you know, like the really easy ones, whatever they can be. <laughs> but then towards the end, we started coming up with these as our relationship got deeper because it's like, yeah, we know what, you know, what makes you giggle. Yeah. But I don't actually know, like, for instance, one of the questions is, um, who was I, uh, what was it that you loved about me that I no longer do? What that question does is, and you have to ask it with zero walls up. Yes. Because you want them to answer it. So now imagine that I was like, oh, you used to do this for me and you don't anymore. If you're like sensitive and you don't actually want the truth, you're going to get into an argument. Yep. But if you go, we're asking these questions so that we can answer them honestly, so that we can then change if we want to, we can now come together. And so my husband's answer recently was, um, you don't uh, anticipate my new needs when it comes to food. And I said, okay, I hear you. Thank you. Because I, because I, just we run a business together. Yeah. So I was like, okay, thank you. What would that look like? And he said, okay, well, you know, I eat my dinner, lunch at like two o'clock. Like if you ever know that I'm really busy anticipating something, I said, okay, let's go a little deeper. Do I have to cook for you or can I order Postmates? Yeah. And he's like, oh, I don't care. You can order Postmates. And I was like, do I have to plate it for you or can I leave it in the bag? <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah, you can leave it in the bag. So now I know. I just pre-order the Postmates for the certain time and I can get on with my day. Now, look, it goes both ways. I tell him exactly what I'm looking for. I was like, I need more cuddles because he's so in business all the time. He works like 100 hours a week that he's very much, you know, it's like when he he, he equates business with war. He's like, I've gone to war, you know, and I come back with blood <laughs> on my face. And so, and I'm like, I get it. But I need that separation. And when you come home, metaphorically, I need the warmth and I need the cuddles and I need to have you embrace me. Uh, so he's like, okay. And then he processes, how can I transition from war zone yeah. to embracing my wife? And then now, like literally yesterday, he just, I was sitting here preparing for this episode and I'm listening to all of your interviews <laughs> and he comes and sits next to me and he just starts stroking my arm. Beautiful. And I was like, don't you have words? And he goes, yeah. He goes, I just wanted a bond. See, you try to make me cry, Lisa. No. I'm trying to I'm trying to maintain my gangster on your show. <laughs> but I'm telling you, I'm a little soft up. So that 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 those moments, priceless. Those moments. And that could be two minutes mm -hmm. and change mm -hmm. the whole year. Like it's just those little moments of intentionality to say, yeah, I'm at war right now. But I'm finna call. I'm finna, I'm finna check in with you. I'm finna just come down and just stroke your hand, stroke your arm. You're like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Just those moments. And then also, as a woman, I literally just interviewed someone. She's like, oh, foreplay for a woman starts at breakfast. Trying to tell you. So it's like, I also just tell him, I give him the keys to the kingdom. I was like, if you want to get some tonight, babe. Start, start you, Yeah, you've got to come and give, kiss me good morning. Like, And I'm very okay with that. Yeah. But I think... It's got its own, and I don't want it to, for one to seem, uh, for people to think it's easy. I've been in a marriage for 21 years, but we've gone through our hardships. You know, I, when I got married, I told him I wanted four children. And then I found entrepreneurship, loved it, and then told him I didn't want any. And so the honesty, the transparency, again, I don't want people to think that it's easy. We yeah. both had to work on our own mindset, but come as individuals. And I think that that is a massive key of what you talk about and what you've so like eloquently said today is that 
even though you've explained the dynamic, it all comes back to how you were showing up. And if yes. you don't do that internal work, if you don't have honesty, transparency within yourself, if you don't love yourself, if you don't yes. respect yourself, then how are you going to be in a relationship where you can give that to the other person? Yes. I love it. Like I said, I'm 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 still stuck on your husband rubbing your arm. Because it's those, it's the, that's that's the feather story for me. I'm so intentional about that moment that um, I just bought a house last month. I was looking at lights and little chandeliers for my new home. And um, this one company I ended up doing this brand deal with, they end up coming out with a new light and it's feathers. So in my bedroom is going to be this feathered chandelier to remind me that whoever I marry as I prepare this home for my future wifey to be as gentle as a feather. And so I'm taking that, the pain of my past marriage and saying, I can show up a whole lot better in my next union. And that's why I say we can't always stay focused on the mistakes that we made on our past, in our, in our past, but just be able to say, okay, I'm going to learn from this. Now, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, then you're foolish. But if you can look back and say, I made this mistake, I can do better this time around and be intentional about that. And so um, that's what I have uh, that's going to be installed in my my home next week is this feather chandelier in my bedroom to remind me to be gentle with my my future wifey. That's so powerful. What other things have you done to be so intentional so that you know that you don't, you know, because I want to say like slip into old behavior, but. I don't want to dismiss the um, generational trauma thing that yeah. you said earlier. Like that really hit me because the more studies that are coming out that even the stress of a mother when you're um, when she's pregnant will then be embedded in the genetic genetics of the child. Yeah. And it can even skip a generation that the stress of the grandmother may skip the mother, but then will impact the granddaughter. And so I don't want to dismiss that, but what are you doing to be intentional so that um, you are able to show up in the way that you really want to? Communicate, communicate, communicate. I'm never going to leave myself up to my own devices um, with whoever I'm dating, with women that I began to be intentional about is to share whatever it is. Um, I'm unapologetic about my past. So for instance, what if you meet, you think I could be with a woman that says once a cheater, always a cheater? Well, you know that's not gonna work out. So if I if I heard a woman say that, then I may not want to pursue that relationship with that woman because now I'm going, I'm I'm fighting an uphill battle. I do lead with my scars. I lead with my scars to be like, hey, these are mistakes I made in my past. And most women that I met, they go, I respect that. Because most people lie. Most people be like, I ain't never cheated a day in my life. You find out they cheat on everybody they've been with. So I say that um, communicate, communicate, communicate because I want to be honest about my needs. Um, I like sex. I like intimacy. I like lovemaking. I need that in a marriage. I cannot be with a woman who says, I can go without that. We, we, I'm not going to fight that battle. I'm going to be like, I'm just going to find somebody more aligned with me. Understanding alignment, um, to know what it is that I desire, again, with purpose. I have, um, I love helping the underserved. 
I, before I started doing stuff in foster care, I would do stuff with the homeless. I would go out and do random acts of kindness with the homeless. One of my first videos that gone viral was me helping this homeless guy. We, I took him out on a date, went and fed him and got him a, a manicure, pedicure, facial, put him in a nice suit, all this. And um, that video went viral on Facebook in 2010 to the tune of 28 million views. And, but, and then I'm in foster care. I remember I was dating this one girl. Oh, bless her heart. It was in 2021. She said, I had just adopted my son Armani the year before, or about a couple years prior. And she said, why do you, how could you adopt somebody else's problem? I said, excuse me? She said, like, like, and now you want to have this, this, this foster home for foster kids? Like, why would you want to deal with that? I said, do you realize who you're talking to? She's like, she's like, I mean, what? I said, I adopted my nephew because my sister was dealing with a drug issue. I adopted this quote unquote total stranger because God told me to the first time I met him. But you're telling me about my sons why would I even do that? You don't know what background. It, it, she told me about the Armani. You don't know what his background is. You don't know what his family is. He can deal with this. I said, no, I have a whole binder of everything he's been. I know the mental health. I know all that type of stuff, and I still love him. So being open and honest about the things that, and she's well within her right to feel the way she right, feels. Yeah. Just ain't going to be with me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just not with me. And so that's what I mean by just being honest about what my needs are. And no matter how pretty she was, and no matter how fine she was, I wasn't going to be like, well, I'm going to try to change her mind. If she meets my kids and, and she starts liking them enough, then maybe she'll start seeing things differently. And maybe if I do this and she'll see, no, nah, we're not going to fight that. I'm grown. I'm, 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 the, I'm the big age of 45. I'm not going to go through that. And at that time, I was like 43. We're not going to go do all that. You've shown me that we're not even aligned. I'm really big about spiritual, psychological, physical, mental alignment. And I want to make sure that we are aligned in those areas to where we can mitigate arguments. Not saying we have to be identical twins, but from the from the core values, we have to be aligned. If not, we ain't gonna work. So take me through those then. Um, how do you assess, I guess, the alignment? Because I think this is super powerful. Um, how do you assess what um, and how you're aligned on each of those? So for me, I'm a very, I'm a Christian guy. I can't be with somebody that's not a Christian. Simple as that, black and white. Um, it's just not gonna work. And I've met women that weren't Christians that were really good people, really kind-hearted, really loving, but I'm in love with Jesus Christ to the degree that I'm gonna talk about that all the time. And if you're looking like, are you gonna talk about that? It's not real, I don't know why you believe in Santa Claus. This is just Santa Claus to me. It's just not gonna work. Um, and so I have those conversations. I'll, I'll ask somebody, so what is your faith? Do you believe in God? You know, yes, I believe in God. What does that look like? You know, we break it down. Do you go to church? Do you do when do you check it? Are your checks and balances with your faith? Do you say, hey, before I make this decision, I pray about it? How do you assess situations? And we break that all the way down on a granular level to find out are we aligned in that situation? Is it odd for me? Would it be odd for you if you came home and you saw me laying on the floor crying before God, praying and worshiping God? Would that be odd? They'd be like, no, I'm gonna get down the floor with you. Mm. All right. 
Or they'd be like, well, no, nah, I just let you, I don't do all that. I kind of just, you, I let you have your little moment. I'm like, okay. So it's moments like that where you talk about. Uh, Before we go to the next one, what I love about that is um, how detailed you now get. Because you even started this whole interview by saying, it's like, oh, she said she wasn't really, the sex wasn't important. I thought, oh, yeah. You know, you didn't actually define what that means. And so for you to go from that to then even breaking down, not just asking, do you believe in God? You went all the way to, if I'm crying on the floor praying, how do you handle it? That was so strong. Because it's true, because I want that bond with somebody. I want, and I know how those moments get destroyed by assuming. And I don't want to assume anything. You know, um, I've asked people about sexual, I ask people about sex. I ask them about, uh, like I said, the healthy frequency of sex, but then ask them, have you been with, have you been with, uh, have you been in threesomes before? Have you been with a woman before? Do you feel like you need that again? Would you feel like I'm not showing up as a, as a husband if I don't allow you to indulge in that again? Like I ask questions like that. They're like, no, nah, that was a phase I went through. Nah, I did that before and I don't need that no more. All right, cool. Because I know that if you had that experience, it, because I, the reason why I asked that is because I had this friend, uh, a celebrity friend whose husband, Every relationship he's been in, he's always had a threesome with with that girlfriend. He gets married, first time married, he's like, he's thinking that this woman is going to do the same thing. Because he just thinks that every woman does that. Every woman should do threesomes. That's just what it is. So he marries this woman, and he starts saying, hey, we're going to do threesomes. She says, I don't do that. I'm not into girls. He was like, well, every woman I've been with, I did threesomes. She was like, well, that's it's not me. I ain't it. So then time goes by, you come back. Can we at least try it one time? She's like, I'm not into that. After she feels so much pressure, she says, all right, I'm not going to do threesomes, but I will give you this. Once a year, I'll give you a hall pass. You can go have sex with whoever you want to, do whatever you want to as many times. Just don't let that come back to me. And you can do it for a week. We come back and don't let this hit the blogs. Don't do this. Well, guess what? One week became two weeks, three weeks, six weeks, and it became a whole lifestyle for him, and he didn't want to come back home. But if that conversation was handled up front where he says, hey, listen, every woman I've been with, I've done threesomes with. If we get married, are you going to be open to that? She says, no. He says, never, never. Save yourself the heartbreak because they end up getting a divorce anyway. So let's just save it. If that's what you need, that's okay. Find somebody to give you that that's not over here. And so I'll ask those questions in the area of sex. I ask those questions about kids, about uh, do you find that, you know, I have three kids. I have a, a daughter. That's my biological daughter. That was born when I was 18 years old. How do you feel about that? You feel like, oh, she's 28 years old. She don't need a phone call. She don't, yeah, she don't need my involvement at all. Or do you feel like, oh, no, I would love to talk to and hang out with her, whatever. I want to hear those conversations. Uh, with my son, I have a, my nephew uh, who I adopted is 15. Do you feel like you could have a relationship with him? Or do you feel like, nah, I don't really like kids like that? So have a conversation about that. So it's different levels of just asking to communicate and then find out what are non-negotiables for me. But I also extend grace in a level of if you've met a woman that don't have kids at all and she, the, the conversation should be like this. If she um, is dating me and wants to marry me. She says, listen, I don't know the first thing about no kids and teenagers. I heard they're absolutely crazy, but I'm willing to learn. Teach me how to talk to them, but teach me if you introduce me to them, I'm going to ask you questions. Are you okay if I ask you a ton of questions after this? Well, yeah, sure. Whatever. 
That's healthy. We can communicate, but, but, but if the person's saying, I don't really like kids at all, then it's like, my daughter one day gonna have a grandkid. Mm. You're not gonna like the kid. <laughs> you just, it's not gonna happen. So let's just have these conversations up front. But what I do differently from the past is literally looking for the alignment, even from an entrepreneurial standpoint. One of the things for my, my uh, what I desire for my future wifey is for her to join me on my podcast and we have these conversations. I've met women who says, I don't like being in front of the camera. I don't like doing all that. That's great. What I desire is a woman that we can have these conversations with. And But if they say, I don't really like that, I don't like all that. That my, my purpose, one thing that I learned in the past is that I didn't understand my purpose and I didn't, I didn't know how to vet for it. And so now um, one of my friends has said this beautiful analogy about how the vice president is vetted. You know, that they'll go behind the scene. You will never even hear who the night the vice president is going to be, but they do extensive work and vetting that person, then they bring it. But I'm using that same ideology about my future wifey. It's vetting to say, how does this look like? I see the goals that I have in my life. I have this, again, Kingdom Royale. Is she I want her to be involved in that from any capacity. She may come talk to the kids once a year. She may come and help. She may be a great grant writer. She may do, she may be a therapist where she can come to something, but you can't, I can't have this big passion thing that I do over here. And you just be like, I don't want nothing to do with that. And it's like, my heart is over here and you want nothing to do with that. My kids over here, you want nothing to do with my kids. My, 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 my passion is over here because I'm gonna do the same thing for her. What do you like doing? I could date a woman that's a hairstylist. And I'd be like, I don't know nothing about all that, but maybe I can help you get a salon. What's your dream salon? Let's go get you with some architects to build your dream salon. I ain't got to go learn treatments and processing and coloring and all that, but I can help you with your vision and your goal. Mm -hmm. You know, I can say, I do graphic design. I do video um, production. Let me create some commercials to get you more clients. Let's let me help with your social media. But if I sat there and said, girl, you... You do all that. I ain't got nothing to do with all that. Whatever her goals is, if she wants to be a or already is a motivational speaker or whatnot, and I'd be like, oh, this is great. I got some context. I can get you over here. I can do this. But if I said you on your own on that one, she's going to find joy in what she's doing and it's never going to cross pollinate with my heart. And I want to make sure that my fingerprints on everything that she loves and everything and her fingerprints on everything that I love. And it, it, it don't have to have 20 fingerprints on it. It can be three in this area and one over here. But she has touch points in everything that I love. I love that you've got so much clarity now of what you're looking for. And that non-negotiable thing, I think, is so important because a lot of us, especially if we're younger, we will just mold into being someone that we think that partner wants. Yes. Um, and But being very transparent and open and having the clarity to know. And then the last thing is, as you were talking, is like knowing what comes with that purpose. Mm -hmm. So knowing... Oh, if you're building your YouTube channel, that means that you're going to be probably maybe, you know, like you might be touring, you might be, you're going to yep. be doing interviews. So you're not going to be home at 7 p.m. Yep. So knowing what that encompasses, I think is also super important. I can't remember who um, I had to guest on. And she was saying, oh, it was Spirit, the relationship oh, expert. Yeah, Spirit. I love her so yeah, much. She's amazing. And she was saying about how um, people say they want a doctor. But how do you actually feel? Like, what does the doctor actually do? Like, think about their lifestyle. Are you okay with them getting up in the middle of the night to go and have to run to the hospital? Are you okay with them postponing your vacation or your honeymoon because they've got an operation to yeah. do? Because there's a big gap between 
falling in love with maybe someone's purpose. Like, oh my God, I love like Latera yeah. has so much, you know, such a great purpose. But actually know what that means on a day to day and be and communicate that so that you don't then get into um, the relationship and realize you fell in love with the idea. But the reality now becomes something very different that now is actually contradictory to the lifestyle you want. There it is. It's like, I used to always say this as a funny joke. You want a doctor, you you, you fall in love with a gynecologist but gets mad because he looks at vaginas all day. You know what I'm saying? It's like, he like, why are you looking at other women's vaginas? I'm a gynecologist. That's my job. Yeah, that's my job. When you look at these vaginas, do you ever want them? Do you want, he's like, no, I don't. I just, I don't think I could be cool with that. I just, I, I there's no way I can be okay with my man. Doing, it's like, <laughs> like, what did you think I did for a living? And in my regard, I have a podcast called Dear Future Wifey. A lot of women watch the podcast. A lot of women are drawn to me. But if you're very insecure, you're going to create stress in my life just by the mere fact that a lot of women look at me or DM me or respond to me, you know, and I'll give my woman full access to all that. Go, you check the DM, you do what you want to. You have a code on my phone. I don't care about all that. But if you're still insecure, there's never enough you can do to make that person secure. Mm-hmm. So then where I'm finding my joy in now it begins to be a burden. I remember dating a woman like that, fresh out of my marriage, that it was when I was doing my homeless stuff. I was doing uh, random acts of kindness with the homeless. Well, her insecurity started weighing into me doing this stuff where I, well, if I go do this this week and shoot this video, she's going to have something to say. So I'm just not going to do the video. I'm just not going to do that. And what happened to home blessed life? It don't exist no more. But it was something I enjoy doing. I love, but oppression. I remember one day, uh, uh, a promoter called me up to ask me, do, am I interested in touring again? And he said, hey, he said, hey, LaTeris, I've seen what you were doing with the homeless stuff. Uh, why don't you make that a play? And um, I will take you on tour. And I'm touring, making tons of money. And at that time, I really needed because I was broke. But I was dealing with this woman in my life. And she said, if you go on tour, what's going to happen with me? I said, you could. You can come travel and visit me. You know, like, well, what is that? She's like, oh, see, I, I don't like that. I don't like that. That now you finna be traveling. Well, when I was married, me and my ex-wife, we were aligned in that. She was a stage man. She was an actress. We toured and did that thing together. Here I am dating this other person where now the passion of my past is resurfacing, saying, hey, you want to go tour again? She says, I don't like that. And threw a fit on the mere possibility of it with the mere invitation of it. Uh-uh, what's that, what, what's going to happen to me? What do you mean it's going to happen to you? What, what's, what's it to do? Like, I was, you come back. And you'll literally be gone for about, you know, maybe two months or whatnot. And I'm like, and this is the same woman that was married to a guy in the military? You know what I'm saying? And he was gone for like a year. You can't handle me being gone inside the United States that you can come travel to. I just didn't understand it. But she was a very toxic individual to begin with. But... Again, it made that pressure from that made me not even call the guy back to take the job. God, I want to make sure that's so powerful. Thank you for sharing it. I also want to make sure that this goes both ways, right? It isn't just like uh, this way around. There was the story with Jonah Hill. I don't know if you heard about that. So he was with a woman and then she leaked or like released all the text messages and she was a surfer. 
And so she's in bikinis. She's oh. on Instagram. He hits her up on Instagram because he sees her on Instagram. Yeah. He's attracted to her from Instagram. And then months and months down the line, he's like, I don't want you to be hanging out with these women, the women that she was friends with before she met him. I don't want you to be posting photos of yourself in a bikini, yep. which she was doing, which is what enticed him in the first yep. place. And so now this becomes the double standard of I fall in love with this person, but now the jealousy comes over and now I don't want it. And so I guess he was just like, this is my boundary. And it's like, well, I, this is who I've been since before you've met me. And so that contradictory and look, I, I, I have compassion for people in not knowing and working through their emotions. Yeah. And so then you get triggered, right? So maybe that's why that woman got triggered because yeah. she was like, I was married to a guy who was in the military and he wasn't around. And now I've got this other guy that I'm falling for and now you're leaving, right? Now, so now you've triggered her, yeah. which can then, I mean, the same thing with Jonah Hill, right? Maybe he's like, oh my God, I'm in love with her. And now his jealousy, his insecurity that he was trying to squash is now surfacing. So I tried to have compassion for people, but it, it's a tricky thing. But to, I just want to keep going back to, the very um, astute point that you've made and clear point is that the communication, the openness, the clarity, the boundaries, the non-negotiables, yes. the articulation, the the compassion. I don't know if I already said that, yeah. but like all of that of what you said, I think is so beautiful to have started this interview with who you were and then ending it with exactly how you think and how you approach things. Have you saw the, uh, which was on real heavy on social media, some ex, I think is an NFL player or NBA player, but his, his wife started back her OnlyFans page and um, she was on social media now crying because she was recording him saying, you, you got a, uh, he, he was shocked to find out she had a OnlyFans page. And, and she was like, when you, when you met me, I had an OnlyFans page. Yeah. He was like, well, shoot, you know, if you got married to me, I don't expect you to have it anymore. Long story short, she ended up posting another video where she crying saying he left her because she didn't have an OnlyFans page, which is interesting because he met her this way. And I don't, they, I guess he just assumed she'll never go back to that. But that's a conversation. Like I said before, when I say if I talk to a woman that's been with a woman before, I need to ask her, do you have a desire to be like this? You know, are you hiding who you really are in our marriage? If we were to get married, would you be hiding this propensity that you have to be with a woman? Let's have this conversation. And so that's why I say if we are open and honest and we create safe spaces and we can actually handle the truth, um, then we can be able to make informed decisions and be able to protect each other's hearts because I don't want to ever imprison you in a marriage with me. And here it is. I'm saying, I want somebody, something as simple as that. I want you to be on my podcast with me. I want us to co-host these, these conversations before. And you go, okay, you really don't want to do it. And you're not going to do it, but you're going to say, I'm going to say, okay, just so we can get married. And then I'm not going to do it because I'm going to make him be able to accept that I'm not going to do it. Let's not play games like that. Let's just have a conversation. And it's okay to not be in a line, uh, not, not to be aligned with individuals. There's a person for everybody, whatever that is. If you love hugging trees, there's a community of people that hug trees. They love trees. If you have a foot fetish and you love looking at people's feet and getting on the ground and kissing their feet, you can go to YouTube, you can go to Facebook and say, Foot fetishes, and you can find a community of people that love kissing on people's feet walking by. Whatever you got, whatever you desire out there is out there for you. 
That's why I love the saying to thine own self be true. Because if you can be true to yourself, you can attract that person that will show up in truth with you and be totally aligned with you. Literas, thank you so much for your transparency and honesty in this interview. Where can people find you and your YouTube channel and all the great things you're doing? On YouTube, Dear Future Wifey. And then on my Instagram, Dear Future Wifey Podcast and uh, Literas R. Whitfield and everywhere you listen to your favorite podcast.